Good morning and welcome to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. You're listening to River Radio, Voice of the Thames Valley. And my guest this morning is Melanie Perry. Hello and welcome, Melanie. It's lovely to have you here. Good morning, Rachel. Delight to be here. So we are going to be chatting this morning about the challenges of being a mum and business owner. Um, creativity and imagination, why it's so important for kids. And also chatting to Melanie, who is an award-winning film producer. I'm very excited to chat about that. If you've got any questions, you can email Rachel at River Radio with questions for myself or Melanie. Uh, send us a tweet or message on Instagram, Facebook, all at River Radio Live. So first of all, Melanie, can you tell us? Now, I normally say, can you tell us a bit about yourself but there is so much that you do isn't there so um yeah tell us tell us a bit about you in a condensed version yeah (laughs) um well I run my own media company I help businesses create uh compelling video ads for their business whether you're small or larger size um doing a lot of animations at the moment because in lockdown obviously the live filming was was restricted, certainly uh, in the first lockdown. So I had to pivot a little bit and find what I could do that wasn't going out and seeing people face to face. And that's proved to be very successful um, and very popular as well. There's a lot of people still that don't really like getting on camera mm. and are looking for other fun ways to to get their point across. So um, I've really enjoyed doing that. And, of course, um, made my first film in lockdown as well. So I can add so film exciting. producer to the list. So exciting. And, um, uh, oh, and also award-winning radio broadcaster. Award-winning I didn't, mench- I didn't yeah. mention that. Um, <laughs> did, a, did a stint on Wickham Sound, the wonderful Wickham Sound. Um, that's got to be coming up to a couple of years ago now um and my sports show the Tuesday night sports show won a gold award at the community radio awards for best sports show so um but I I mean as you have here you know it was a wonderful team of people it wasn't wasn't just me it was a a huge team effort and um really well deserved because the, the young guys took me under their wing you know when I first went to do the show um I'm very passionate about uh, education I'm very passionate about children in sport uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later on um, and encouraging children to be the best that they can be and um, I got myself involved in the sports show because it's it's kids it's it's so great for the kids social development uh, you know as well as to be good for them to be physically active and um, so there was this old old bird going in uh, these two <laughs> two young 18 year old lads who were doing all the football you know um, but they were just so wonderful to me and it was a it was an education you know um, somebody so told me you chatting about it from the perspective then of children and development then um, I in my show I me mean, we covered a range of sports I mean the, mm. the, the guys did football but my mm. remit was I'll talk about anything but yeah so we'd we'd, we'd I showcased local clubs in the area. Um, the more bizarre the sport, the better. Mm. I think my, one of my favourite interviews was horseball. Um, they're crazy, absolutely crazy. But there what is a horseball club in High Wycombe. It, it's, it's, it's a sport played on horses, which is kind of like a cross between rugby, polo, oh. um, yeah, rugby, polo, and other, but it's, it's just amazing. There's a massive like two-metre pole that you have to get a ball in a hoop with, and the, the ball is in a leather... Um, kind of like basket straps, and your your feet are strapped into your um, 
uh, horse. To, to, to the horse, yeah. It's, it's all done quite stirrups. Well. It's very t- spit stirrups. <laughs> it's all searchable. Stirrups. And it's done on a very tight rein. But if you drop the ball, you know, you don't get off the horse. You have to literally swing round and pick up the ball in this thing. And then, oh, God, it's it's oh. fast and furious. But it's it, it's the pro, the promotion I did around it, you've got to see this picture because you're not going to believe it. And I'm thinking, why on God's earth, God's green earth, would anybody actually want to do this as a sport? But um, they were a fantastic club and mm. um, it, it was a real education. And my point was, you know, there, there are kids out there who might not seem to be very interested in sport, mm. but that's because maybe they don't want to do netball, they don't want to do rugby, they don't want to do football. You know, there's so much out there that is available to them mm. you know they might not be good at netball but they might be really good at beach volleyball there's a new yeah. beach volleyball um place being built in high wickham rove horseball is in yeah. high wickham um there's a lot of swimming clubs there's a lot of different so many different activities that your child can get involved in i think you need to come on as a guest on on river radio sports show yeah, i'd love to there's so <laughs> much i've not there. heard of yeah some yeah. of those and, and they're local you, they're all local and as you say not all kids are into those mainstream rugby football netball that kind of stuff are they there's lots and then there's all the martial arts and yeah, yeah martial there's arts, lots of cheerleading there's cheerleading things, squads yeah. around i mean people think that's only in america but there's some fantastic teams there's some fantastic national dance teams um you know, Irish dancing, Scottish dancing. There's loads of clubs round and about mm. that people don't necessarily know at, know about. And that was my remit, is to give these clubs a bit of a boost and say, look, this is on your doorstep. This is what's available. Yeah. If, you, if you want your child to be more active and you're not sure what to try, just have a look. There's so yeah. many things they could try. Who, who knows what, what they're going to be into. Yeah. And so you're a mum as well. Yeah. While this is all, while you're doing all these pr- film production, radio, your business, your mum, how do you juggle everything? How do is that age old question? How do you juggle everything with without going mad? Yeah, with, with <laughs> and sleeping with difficulty. Yeah, sleeping. God, um, it's hard. It is really hard. I mean, I was fortunate in the fact that um, you know, during lockdown, my husband was working from home, mm. so. I was a little bit brutal, I guess, and it was like, well, you're working from home, so if I want to go out and do something, you're go- you're going to have to cope. You know, mm. I've had to cope mm. with having a child at home and working as well, mm. so you're going to have to on the odd day that I, I need to go out and do some stuff. Um, and he's been quite amenable to that. I've been very, very fortunate, but it's fine line. What what I found really, really difficult was in the first lockdown when everything stopped, and I was trying to think, oh gosh, you know, how can I still be producing stuff and having to do the homeschooling as well. Mm. And homeschooling I found really tough. Mm. I'm I'm not a natural teacher of young children, I discovered. I think lots of parents discover. Especially especially when the child in question is not having none of it because obviously you're their mum and why should they listen to mm. you? Um and yeah, the first lockdown my son really rebelled against it. The, the, the second one was a lot easier. Mm. But then I did put my business on hold throughout quite a long Mm. time um and we did a lot of homeschooling um and there was a lot of it Mm. you know and Mm. I did say to the school look how do you expect women to cope if they have got jobs where their bosses expect them to be on a zoom call in a meeting Mm. the the amount of work that my my son's just seven and a half Mm. but the amount of work they got given and the school I mean they were very sweet and they just said look just do what you can Mm. Mm. But I thought, my goodness, it's going to be an absolute nightmare for the teachers when they go back because, Mm. you know, some parents, I think, have been really pushing their children and demanding more work. Some people have not been able to do hardly any. I've been (laughs) able to do bits and pieces. I mean, we kept up with most of it the second time around. Um, But it's really, really hard. And and sometimes I think you just have to 
look at things and, and see where you can make the make the sacrifices, you know, what, what mm. is important. I mean, my son's education is really important. Um, what hours can I fit things into? And if I have to work a bit later or get up a bit earlier to slot things in, then so be it. Yeah. Um, the one time I, I did pass things over to my husband was when I cr- did the film. Um, and this was kind of like the, the last lockdown. Um, the conversation started happening in January and we filmed in the March. Um, I just needed to get out of the house by that point. Mm, and that mm. was largely largely the motivation behind it. Because I'd be completely selfish. I, I needed to get out of the house and I needed to have a laugh and I needed to see people. Well, I've got total respect for parents who were homeschooling with, with younger children because, I mean, we felt really fortunate that both us, well, one secondary school age and the other one's older primary, um, so independent was able to independently you know if if when they wanted help they could ask for help and even if help was offered wasn't really interested in in help so a bit more independent but yeah I really felt for those who who were then having to sit down as you say will you put your business on hold and so yeah you know very yeah very tricky very tricky Um, have you found since he's been back it's all kind of I mean you know I was a teacher in a previous life I do tutor so I do say to you know don't worry too much they catch up and have you have you found that it is all kind of you know at that age kind of caught up or yeah I mean he's been fine as I say the second lockdown we did do all of the work Mm. um, but it was a good four hours a day Mm, mm, to complete it all mm. Um, and so he's fine and he's a very bright little boy anyway so I'm quite lucky in that Mm. respect so he he hasn't fallen behind Um, for me it's great having him back at school because it means I can now focus on things that I need to focus on Mm. having that sort of you know five hours back or however long it is the school day has made a huge difference yeah. I, can, I can focus on my business again but now I think and we've not all feel guilty appreci- <laughs> really appreciated don't we those days that they are at those hours in the day that they are at school yeah. um and also not you know to appreciate the teachers and what the teachers do and I think it was difficult you mentioned about the whole um workload because I think what was happening is that teachers were giving lots of work for as you say perhaps those who were not working and could therefore had the whole, you know, a school day kind of thing, amount of work. And then, um, you know, and then explaining, well, yeah, but actually don't, yeah, you don't need to kind of do it all. So it would have been tricky. So yeah, obviously much happier now. Back in, no more, no more homeschooling. Um, and then you've got your your business. Are you, are you noticing it? Is things going back to normal though with your with your media business? Um, People wanting to do more face to face. They they are. I've, I've got a couple of things in the pipeline, bigger things in the pipeline. So it depends whether they come off or not. Um, I was really busy throughout. The, the last part of lockdown when I when I pivoted I was really really busy and that's kind of tailed off a little bit at mm. the moment so it's a bit like okay I wasn't expecting to be this quiet at this time of the year but um it, it's bubbling along but slowly and a lot of people that I've spoken to it's the same for them as well at the moment so I don't know whether it's just kind of getting back into the swing after the summer holidays and obviously with the fuel crisis and energy mm. prices and everything else like that I think people are being a lot more careful about what they yeah. spend their money on it does seem to be a bit of still in slight limbo doesn't it yeah. I, yeah I do I do I am hearing that as well do you think when why when you were busy that was you know small businesses were then taking that time to oh I'll try out video because you mentioned that mm. it's something that not all 
small business owners naturally want to do yeah it's 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 a tough one because it's it's something they don't naturally want to do the the thing with video production a bit like radio broadcasting is it's a it's a big skill set and people with it social media I think can somehow present the fact that video production and broadcast production is really easy anybody can do it and it doesn't take very long Mm. well Anybody who's worked in radio who has a or, or runs a podcast that is pre-recorded and then needs editing, a lot of editing normally mm. before it is presentable enough to go out on air, so to speak, it's very time-consuming. Mm. Video filming mm. or animation creating um, and the whole video production process is quite a lengthy process and it takes a vast um, number of skill sets. Not every business owner has got those, mm. nor should they have because... Mm. I say to people sometimes, well, what are you? Are you a therapist or are you a video producer? Mm, mm. You know, there are some things you should be outsourcing to other people if you can afford it. Mm. Now, I don't necessarily just deal with small businesses because in my experience, a lot of small businesses can't afford what I do. Mm. And I'm, I can't myself cheapen what I do mm. to fit in with people who think they can get a high pr- quality production video or 3D animation for a couple of hundred pounds. Mm, it's mm. not going to happen. Mm. You know, 3D animators charge about £50,000 per two minutes. Wow. To, mm. You know, of... Mm. Um, Finished content. Uh, of content, you know, two yeah. minutes. Yeah. We've got about 50 grand for yeah. a top 3D animator. You know, for a flat animation for, for standard, you're probably looking at about five grand for two minutes. Mm. This is just putting it in perspective. Yeah. So why am I going to do a whole yes. production for two hundred pounds? It's not yeah. going to happen. It's it's time consuming. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are things, you know, there are apps out there that small businesses can use. There's a lot of um, free apps, or there were a lot of free apps. I've noticed now that even these video ed- editing apps are starting now to charge prices, mm. even if it's thirty pounds a year or something like that. Mm. So I think mm. you, you're going to have to make some sort of investment, um, and and you can learn how to do it yourself. Um, and it will save you a lot of money if you can do it yourself. Um, but you, like anything, you need to have a plan. What What is your video marketing strategy? Are you going to appear in your videos? Do you want to use animations? Do you want to use motion graphics and explainer videos or mm. um, infographics? Because, I mean, really, you should be using all of it mm. Mm. Um, to, to reinforce what it is you do. But it depends on the time that you have. And it takes planning as well. You know, you need to schedule your content. You need to have a plan, mm. a strategy of what you're going to release when you're going to release it and how that is going to put eyes on on what you do Mm. if you're a small business yes you need to be in front of the camera not all the time because again if you're a service-based business you shouldn't have time to be in front of the camera Mm. all the time you know and if you are who's who's doing who's running your business Mm. Mm. you know so um we also need you on the business show as well by the way (laughs) Balance. It's a balance, and you've got to. I mean, yeah. I do offer anybody who wants to come and talk to me. I do offer strategy marketing strategy sessions, but you have to have a plan. And releasing one video, I, I know some people who spent money on a video. Oh well, I did this video and it didn't work. Well, that's because you put one video out. Mm. You know, it's like with marketing. It's a cam- marketing campaigns are called campaigns for a reason. Yeah. There has to be like a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, and the, are there there's some um, other statistics about how video is so much more effective as well? Because it, you know, I'm just thinking when you're you, you're scrolling and you're spending that time scrolling, you, that you stop and look at the video, or you it's going to be more eye catching, I guess, than than it, simply it is. It is you know um, an, an an ad. Yeah, absolutely. 
videos keep the eye engaged, which mm. is which is what you want. Anything that moves keeps your keeps your eye engaged. Um, and, and we're all doing that. We're all scrolling through, aren't we? And just just whatever sort of like catches our eye. And oh yeah, yeah, I'll have a look at that. And and um, you know, a reel doing an Instagram reel. I imagine yeah. is nowhere near the quality of a Melanie Perry video. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't, but you know what? It gets your it gets you it gets you out there. It gets you it gets you seen, and that's what you want. And I've noticed on LinkedIn um, a lot. LinkedIn has really changed since the beginning of lockdown. Mm. Really changed. It used to be fairly stuffy, fairly um, very much more business focused. Mm. But over the period, the last eighteen months, it has gone really, really, really. Almost a lot of people are complaining it's getting like Facebook. I don't agree, but it's getting a lot more personal and less businessy. And it's the yeah. personal posts are actually going off the chart yeah. when people are putting mm. dog videos up. Mm. Or, you know, if you want to up your engagement, LinkedIn post a video of your cat and say something about your cat thrown up on the carpet you know that will go off the chart you know if you put a video out that is promoting your business as a business ad it's probably going to be dead in the water Mm, mm. yeah it's that entertainment aspect isn't it there's definitely there is definitely that entertainment aspect and I guess with LinkedIn as well lots of people were at home and well I think and I think it's even with working in general general isn't it you know all this people are working at home and and your pets come in or your kids come in in the background I mean it has made people sort of a lot more accepting isn't it of life going yeah. on and and work and they're having to be yeah people like you know, to see that people are real real people but I mean you've asked me for some stats and I mean here are just sorry two. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there right. <laughs> I just remember thinking I've got stats, I I've remember got stats. videos are, um and they're, they're very high. You know, 86% of people who use video in the marketing report that it has directly increased the traffic to their website. Oh, wow. So that's okay. traction. Yes. It's what yeah. you want. Yeah. You know, 78%, which again, quite a high number of video marketers say that videos have directly helped them increase sales. Ah, oh, they're big 78%. numbers. 78%. Really big numbers, aren't they? And there are a lot, there are a lot more... Mm. Um, there's quite a, if you look at any sort of marketing report video marketing report you can google it the, the stats are actually quite mind-blowing they're all in the like 70s 80s 90 percent we spend yeah. a lot of our time these days on our phones mm. we spend a lot of time on youtube mm. on tiktok is now mm. going up there's a lot of people finding tiktok for business facebook twitter you name it the social channels mm. Mm. You know, and Instagram is a big, big one. And obviously, well. you've got to stay up to date on that, haven't you? I mean, is that a challenge you find? I mean, you said what you've got a younger. I'm just trying to think. My, I mean, my children have. They will tell me about things, but it's more from. Don't you dare do anything on TikTok, Mum. <laughs> Because it will just totally embarrass us. But you, you've obviously got you've got to stay up with uh, up to date with all that. Haven't I you? do, and then I I do, but and I in my business again, I tend to service more, well, slightly larger businesses. So mm. I don't get involved in Instagram reels and stuff like that. Yes, mm. I can edit those for people mm. if they want me to. If someone doesn't really have a clue how to mm. run a video together to do a to do a reel, um, but that that. I kind of tell people how to do that or help people know how to do that because that's something really that small businesses need to be doing themselves. It's not some, that's not really a service you'd get someone like me in Mm, to do. mm, It mm. wouldn't be cost effective. Um, But a lot of people fall into the the trap as well of thinking they have to be everywhere all the time. Mm, mm. They don't. 
Mm. So if you're a small business, find out where your target market is, mm. your ideal clients, and pick the one thing. Mm. If you're after people who want to spend a little bit more money with you, LinkedIn's a place to be. Mm. And a lot of people still shy away from LinkedIn, but it's it's not the place it was. You know, you'll do so. I've known so many people, and I've got um, I've had some fantastic collaborations through LinkedIn. Mm. Um, don't be shy about it. Go there. Business has slacked off of Facebook a, a heck of a lot over the past year or so. Mm. You know, so there's no point in putting your content out into a place where no one's going to really see it or importantly act on it. If you're putting content out, you're putting it out for a reason. And if you're a business owner, the reason is you want someone to buy from you, mm. whether it's your pro- a product or a service. And how do you juggle that when you get your clients coming in? I mean, you said LinkedIn has been good for you. How do you juggle that with family? And do you have a certain number of clients? Do you have a certain number of hours you're very strict about working? Do you just work in school hours? I mean, how do you or you just when it comes in? I try I try just, to work just in school hours, but then I do sometimes it does take over my weekend sometimes mm. um, because it, it depends on the job. But if, if a big enough job comes in, you're not going to turn it down. No. You know, anybody who's a mm. freelancer will tell you, you know, when, mm. when the money comes in, the money comes in. Mm. So it's it's a fine line. And again, I'm lucky. I'm married. I've got a husband at home. So if I have to say to my husband, can you take him to the park? Yeah. I need a couple of hours to get this done. Mm. Um, because sometimes if I'm recording something as well, I need I need quiet. Mm, mm. (laughs) so you know with a seven-year-old who and again because I'm a videographer James has spent his life in front of the camera since he was born oh really so of course if I do a zoom he's there it's a James show like many (laughs) many Athena meetings being crashed by my son because it's like my mum's brilliant so that was my minute oh (laughs) in 10 seconds just I'm I'm wonderful Um, he's he's my biggest fan it's lovely but you know it can be quite off-putting when you want to concentrate so I try and do things as much as I can around the school day yeah and you um, mentioned athena that's a business network isn't that for right, yeah. specifically for women yes that's right yes yeah, yeah. um and um well we're going we're going to have a, a, a quick break and and listen to one of your favorite songs but we are when we come back we're going to be chatting about um uh, well, you said that your son has grown up with it but how creativity and imagination is so important for kids and of course Um, about your film that you produced in lockdown really exciting but we're going to have a break listen to the greatest showman Hugh Jackman Um, why is this one of your favorite songs it's just very me yeah Um, especially it was kind of my theme tune when when I made the film you know this is the greatest show and this is how how I feel about the people that were involved as well I always think of myself as Kermit you know I like leading a team of people with heart mm. you know and that's why um the greatest showman is one of my favorite films um oh, you know i think hugh jackman portrayed the character of barnum really really brilliantly and yeah i was born to be a philanthropist but you know i'm waiting for the, the universe <laughs> to catch up with me on that how many times have you watched the film oh, about <laughs> at least 30 i'll say <laughs> oh you are a fan that's massive <laughs> okay across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.
Cause this is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark Your sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones There's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath Stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you Running at you It's only this moment, don't care what can gather Y'all feel a dream, can't you see you getting closer Just surrender cause you feel the feeling taking over It's fire, it's freedom, it's flooding open It's a picture in the pulpit and your blood devotion There's something breaking at the brick of every wall It's holding all that you know So tell me, do you want Impossible comes true 
And good morning. You are listening to School of Parenting on River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley, with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today, Melanie Perry from Poppy Perry Media. It's lovely to have you here, Melanie. Um, So we have been um, chatting about challenges of being a mum and a business owner and talking a bit about Melanie's um, media business that she runs, um, the joys of homeschooling in lockdown. Um, If you have missed the first part of the show, you can listen again through our website or on podcast just search for school of parenting river radio and you're listening to us now you can listen on your mobile um, on your apple app google app or ask alexa to play river radio live as well as through our website river.radio so um we're going to chat a bit now about creativity and imagination and how that is so important with kids. And I imagine that goes hand in hand with your business because it's media, video, um, the film that you've produced, which we are going to get to. We're very excited to chat about. So, but how have you got into this area then, specifically for, for children? Um, a little, well, I was trying to think when I first read this book. I've got a book here and I'm going to read a little passage from it, if mm. I may, mm. um, by Ken Robinson called The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything. Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind. Um, okay. And it talks about the education system and how really it needs to, to change. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, kids in a classroom, eyes forward to black, you know, that hasn't mm-hmm. changed since the Industrial Revolution when, we, when it all started. And there are, there are things now that we know through research and, and science we know a lot more about how kids learn. Mm. Teachers are very restricted, unfortunately, because they've got large class sizes. Um, there is a fantastic lady uh, called Sarah Brazner. Lovely Sarah has been learning. on with yeah. Claire Cogan. I'm, well, I'm Sarah's biggest before. fan because she helps teenagers and parents mm. of teenagers to help them understand their children's learning styles okay and us as human beings we all do things differently but there are key learning styles you might be very visual which Mm. means you have to be looking at images for Mm. for for the message to really sink in you might be tonal so that boy or girl looking out the window constantly you think they're not paying attention oh she's off with the fairies not necessarily it could be that she's turning her leading ear to the conversation Mm. so that she can remember Mm. Or he can remember that. But looking at you face on isn't going to have the same impact. Mm. It could be that they're kinesthetic. You know, the boy or the girl always tapping on the desk, rocking their chair. Mm. That's learning through movement. And that is very particular to boys. Boys tend to learn a lot better kinesthetically. Um, Desborough School, I covered a radio show um, a few years back now. For Desborough School, they did an experiment um, where they took over the school for... I think it was year sevens, I think it was. Um, and they they did give gave two days over to finding the learning styles of the boys. And again, really? a lot of them were kinesthetic. Um, and how they could then adapt. Because they still say, you know, we have to teach a certain way in the classroom because we've got a curriculum and there are certain th- ways, you know, mm. we can't teach every child individually. But what we can do is if we get the parents invested mm. in how their child learns... They can help them with the work outside of school mm. so that they retain what they've learned in school in a better way. Okay. And that, to me, was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really was. And one, I interviewed one little boy who said that, yeah, he was learning his times tables by kicking a ball against a wall oh, at home. And that really, really helped him. Um, and another boy played another game um, 
to help him remember some facts about history. Mm. And I thought, yeah, it's these little things. Um, and the headmaster at the time, you know, we had a lovely conversation. You know, parents also have to realise that your, you know, their children aren't necessarily going to learn in the same way that they learn. Yeah. You know, you could be a very visual learner, but your son is kinesthetic or your or or tonal, so they'll be listening for the audio. Yeah. And until you tune in to what is flicking their switches, you can't help them in the best way. Absolutely. But I, I find the subject fascinating, you know, and I do try to help my son. And my son's very, very active, a very active, bright little boy, but he's yeah. kinesthetic, so I think yes, he'll he'll be having to learn through movement and and through the doing and the act, yeah. yeah active learning um that's great that Desborough did that I wonder if, it, if it's yeah. something then that other schools have looked at I would love to see it I yeah. don't know is the yeah. answer to that yeah. um and I think that the the headmasters has now moved on. I think they might have a headmistress there now as it was going back a little while ago but it's something mm. that I would love to mm. see in in schools um and if there are any schools listening out there who are looking to maybe change the way they do things or if you've got a failing school maybe mm. you need to have a look at how your children learn and, and the headmaster of Desborough said to me the, the key thing that they do that is so great for their pupils is that they get to know their pupils mm. even though there are a lot of them in the class they know those boys learning styles brilliant and they can help the parents help the children yeah so know your pupils know how if you've got a child in your class that's misbehaving why are they? It's not because they're bad. No child, no child is bad. Mm. No child is excessively naughty. Are they bored in your mm. class because you're not keeping their attention because they're a tonal learner or they're a kinesthetic learner? Or, you know, let's have a look at what the problem really is. Absolutely. Before Absolutely. writing somebody off and saying, oh, no, that they never listen. Yeah. You know, that that's the most appalling judgment anybody yeah. could make on a child. And I think view. also educating, educating um, staff and teachers and those in education as that's well. That's what I would like to see. About the different staff. I mean, I think, you, you know, you all know on some level that there are, but actually how that could then be implemented in the classroom. Yeah. Well, actually, this is, you know, practical. This is actually how you could do this. You could do this differently. Yeah. I mean, I know that edu- having worked in education, it has come a long way, but I guess where the struggle is, you still have you know, a teacher with a class of 30 children, a teaching assistant sometimes, and uh, a massive amount of boxes to tick. Yes, so, exactly, and the paperwork it, at yeah. the schools these days doesn't so it, help. Yeah, so it would be it would be great if all, if schools did go down that path. That, so let's have a look then at this. Um, you want to read us something, I'm just going to read you a passage from The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything by Ken Robinson, and this really speaks to me. And it's just the first few, first paragraph of the uh, introduction. And he says, a few years ago, I heard a wonderful story, which I'm very fond of telling. I have to admit that I'm very fond of telling it too. An elementary school teacher was giving a drawing class to a group of six-year-old children. At the back of the classroom sat a little girl who normally didn't pay much attention in school. In the drawing class, she did. For more than 20 minutes, the girl sat with her arms curled around her paper, totally absorbed in what she was doing. The teacher found this fascinating. Eventually, she asked the girl what she was drawing. Without looking up, the girl said, I'm drawing a picture of God. Surprised, the teacher said, but nobody knows what God looks like. The girl said, they will in a minute. Oh. And I love this story for the same reason that Ken loves that story, is Mm. it just shows the power of imagination Mm. 
mm. in children and the, and the the belief in that creativity and the vision. Your know, children are great visionaries, mm. Mm. you know. And I think we we've lost the way a little bit. You know, children don't seem to play outside as much in the advent of iPads and mm. Facebook and computer games and stuff like that. And okay, they may have a place. But I think it's really, really important to allow your child to give their imagination mm. free reign. Mm. Because and it that's has been stifled, hasn't it? It absolutely has been stifled. And also, I mean, we've spoken on, on this show before about there is definitely extra pressure, even at primary school level, on results and testing and all that kind of thing. And actually, there's a lot of research that does show that cre- creative writing especially, but creative is, creativity, imagination, it actually has so much longer-term effects does, yeah. um, on stress relief, on you know a number of other things. I think we could do a whole show on it, actually. And problem-solving um, as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking outside creativity. that box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is really sad having worked... You know, if you, you see children and they might have the most beautiful handwriting, um to write a story and it's just that you know and it we we have got to do more of that actually encourage that creativity because it is you know it's you know i i would say to parents don't worry about their writing or whatever if they've got some ideas get them down on paper or do some different thing you know it doesn't have to be down on paper it could be just talking about it or but yeah it's so Writing, so critical. talking, drawing, acting it out. Mm. You know, my son is a right drama queen, you know. <laughs> and he, and he, he, he loves dancing and I think he'll be a comedian when he grows up because he's very, very funny and he loves being funny as well. Aww. So, you know, he's got a little a joke book and he's always telling jokes in this joke mm. book and he's always getting up and dancing and, you know, and it's, it's lovely to see. And I think, you know, sometimes we just need to let our kids be. Yeah. And also for us as parents, enjoy the moment more. Mm. Because I don't know, you know, sometimes when I just give up to it and think, right, I'm, I'm not going to work today. I'm going to really enjoy this time with my son and I get involved in playing game. Mm. Actually, I feel better yeah. after I've I've had a couple of hours of silly play, yeah. you know, and I feel a lot more refreshed and creative afterwards. Absolutely. Now, so your son's obviously got a brilliant role model for creativity and imagination. <laughs> so let's talk about your award winning film yeah my goodness tell us about it <laughs> tell us about yeah, it but how did it come how did you even you know lockdown did you say, yeah I'm just gonna do this I'm, I'm bored you said uh, yeah well um, how it started is um so the first lockdown when the whole world came to a complete standstill mm. and nobody was doing anything and it was you know summer and it was great and it was a bit of a novelty and that wasn't so bad but as it went on and then restrictions were lifted and then they came back in and they were lifted and they came back in mm. um especially over the winter months, it was really depressing, mm. <laughs> you know, and I just thought, I can't take much more of this. And I think like a lot of the nation, I was like, I really don't think I can take much more of this. And I think the impact on people's mental and physical well-being mm. is going to be seen for quite a long time to come. Anyway, I, I, I put out a call to some of my Wickham Sound buddies and said... <coughs> You know, I've been looking up, because um, I'd did i had a couple of filming jobs, because in the, the sort of second, third lockdown, filming and production was, was allowed to continue, and I mm. had a couple of um, filming jobs. And I said to, to my friends, said, look, who's up for making a film? Because if we make a film, we can see each other, because you're part of my production crew. Ah. 
I said that means we can get we can gather, we can see each other face to face. When we're filming, obviously, I mean, the back, back end crew will have to wear masks and stuff, but you know we can see each other mask free if you're shooting a scene with me, kind of thing. Um, as long as I, you know, I, I adhere to all the COVID safe mm. production uh, guidelines, which we did. I said, but I, I really want, I really want to do something, and I want to get out, and I need to see people, and I'll, it's got to be a comedy. Oh, it's got to be a comedy. And uh, the one thing that I've discovered about myself over the years is that I'm very good <laughs> at energizing people and, 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 and getting people on board and excited about stuff. Mm. And um, I just started talking to people who would like to do this, who would like to do this. And as time went on, we got a little, um, little group together. And I, I remember interviewing an author. Um, I think again, that was for Wickham sound who just released his sort of debut novel, a uh, lovely, lovely chap called Lee Farnsworth, who um, has written his first, romantic comedy called odd bird which is a fantastic book and as i was interviewing him i said yeah you're, you're a writer do you want to write a film <laughs> really? write a film with me he's like yeah right then <laughs> um and a lot of conversations kind of went on in that way oh, you, you can you're you're really good at this do you want to make a film with me? Oh, um wow. and, and bit by bit i got a little team together mm. so i had a little team of script writers and they kind of turned into the main actors although they all swear blind that they never agreed to be actually in the film and I said well you must have done because who know, else was going to be I, in it I can't remember saying making you say that you're going to do it but um anyway so um the two two writers Stephen Colgan and uh, Lee Farnsworth they were sort of two of the main characters and I had another volunteer that I worked with at Wickham Sound and I put a call out for people who were in like local amateur dramatic societies because we needed some extras and we needed some other bits and pieces going on so I put um, a call out um, on some social media and uh, it was the lane end players who came to my rescue and most of my extras are the lane end players absolutely delightful uh, group of people and um, and I'm really really glad that they had a good props box as well because we we needed a couple of policemen for our film and yeah. um, one of the ladies who got involved actually was an ex-policewoman so she had all the gear oh, and wow. uh, she managed to source um some gear for her other uh, counterpart her male counterpart so um that was all good and um yeah it just kind of got this little band of brothers together and um locally um, went out locally in high wickham and um and and filmed it. And filmed it. <laughs> so when was this? When did you finish filming it? Then. So if this we, was the last lockdown, when when did it? We did it. We did happen? it incredibly quickly. I okay. Mean, it it all happened incredibly quickly, um, which is why I'm stunned that we've got awards. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So we, the initial discussions happened in the January. We filmed it in March. Of this end year. Of March yeah. This year. Yeah. Um, and the, the biggest thing was post-production. It took about three months in post-production. Oh, okay. Now, this is like a short 10-minute okay. film. Mm, and again, okay. going back to the why things are expensive, you know. Yes. It's three months for 10 minutes of film. Wow. You can understand why mo- motion What's pictures What's the name of the film? Lot. We haven't mentioned it's the name. It's called Scooch. Okay. So, um, yes, and it's a comedy and it's about a couple of hapless middle-aged men who have lost their jobs, you know, during lockdown, need to get some money. And one guy has a bright idea of thinking that um, it'd be a really good idea to rob a bank. Brilliant. And at least from the local local amateur dramatics. Yeah. But, oh. So um, it'd be a good idea to rob a bank because yep. you, you have to wear a mask to even go in a bank yes. these days. Mm. So it's a bit of a no-brainer. 
It's walk in, walk out. Bob's your uncle. So, um, and it kind of centres around not not necessarily the bank robbery, but the the get the choice of getaway vehicle and what could possibly go wrong with okay. their choice of getaway vehicle. Um, so it's a very British comedy, very silly, um, and hopefully, yeah, will make make people giggle. Oh, excellent! So where's it? Where's it? Uh, well, yeah. Go on, tell us where it's on at first. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to premiere at the Wickham Arts Centre right. on Friday the 26th of November from 7 till 9pm. Um, anybody who comes, you'll get a glass of Prosecco on arrival and um, you'll get a chance to meet and mingle with the actors and with us and we'll be doing a little talk about how it all happened. And I think there are going to be some um, industry, we, we've block booked some tickets for... Um, some of the local uh, TV schools and stuff, and I think there'll be oh, there'll be some yeah. industry professionals. So if there's any mm. young filmmakers out there, um, we want them to come along because it'll be a very good networking opportunity for them. Um, and obviously we'll have, to have the screening and um, all the ticket sales, all the proceeds from ticket sales will be going to the Wickham Arts Centre, which is a charity that supports local artists and local arts projects. Okay. So we didn't want to any, pick any particular one project so if we just put all the money in the pot then they can continue to do their good work yeah and people um local artists who are doing something they can get funding through there and okay. it's just a fair way of doing it because you know the arts like everybody else has been really hit with covid yeah. so yeah um and because we filmed it and it was local businesses that got involved it's kind of a, a real community film from start to finish so oh, amazing it, for me it's a feel-good film so if we yeah. can um make a decent amount of money for wickham art center to to carry on supporting the arts in the local area then i'll be very very happy indeed so people can just go online to they wickham. can go online so it's um www.wickhamartcenter.com forward slash scooch sch S-C-O-O-T-C-H, Scooch, yeah. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, I've got my tickets booked. I'm very excited. I hope you like it. (laughs) Very excited. And um, and then, so how did you win this award? Well, we... we, Such a short, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? Well, we put it... My little carrot to everybody, because everybody that was involved were were volunteers. Yeah. Um, And... You know, we had some youngsters involved as well. And i give a big shout out to my cameraman, Fraser Camp, who, oh, did an amazing job. I mean, he was just so, so amazing. Um, and Aaron Harker, who was a music producer. We had an original musical score um, made for the entire film. And again, these guys just, just volunteered their services. And um, two absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing people. But I said to everybody, look, you know, I don't have any money, money to pay you guys. So... But I promise you, I will put it into a couple of film festivals and we'll just see what happens. Mm. And that's what I did. So I put it in to to quite a few and um, we were stunned when one of them came back (gasps) and said, you've been officially selected. Then another one came back, said, you've been officially selected. And another one came back, said, you've been officially selected. And then two of them, we came back as winners for best best comedy short and best short overall. Um, and those were international festivals that were actually, um, no, wow. I think one's in America and one is, I think is in India. So they're, they're smaller film yeah. festivals. Um, we just got notified yesterday that we hadn't been selected for the UK Film Festival, which is a huge, huge, huge festival. Okay. I was being a bit optimistic. Um, but I said oh, I'd put it in. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and they, they've had 
thousands and thousands of filmmakers from yeah. all over the world submit. Um, but I did get an email yesterday saying, you know, unfortunately, but if you're getting this email, you've reached the top 30 on our long list, oh, which is wow. actually no mean feat. And I was mm. thinking, for us, our little no-budget film yeah. to reach the top 30 long list of the UK Film Festival is actually quite amazing. Yeah. So I put it in our little Facebook group of, of everybody that was involved. I said, look, I've just received this, but I wanted to share it with you because actually, guys, for a festival of this calibre... It's pretty damned amazing that we got. It's an amazing achievement, Melanie, and the fact that you got all these people together as well, and the fact that it cost two hundred eleven pounds. No, that was my insurance. My insurance (laughs) for the day, (laughs) and that was. And they volunteered. They all, uh, uh, mind you, they they were probably um, really keen to get out. Yeah, I think that (laughs) there's a a lovely quality to to the film, and I I think it just worked so well because everybody was desperate to get out and mm. the the two two good things that uh, for me that have come of it is awards as by the by but everybody got on so well with mm. each other there were no egos mm. at all mm. and people have asked me about that was it only egos no everybody just loved each other and everybody's still in touch in the facebook group and there's a few people that are still helping each other out on other personal projects you know they've all bonded so well so we've made some really good friends for life and the fact that we're going to be making some money for the Wickham Arts Centre, yeah, you know, and 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 hopefully, you know, it will give the town a bit of a lift, you yes. know, because with all this blah through lockdown and people feeling so awful yeah. and the doom and gloom of this, that, and the other, I thought, no, we need to go back and have a bit of a, a laugh. And Stephen Colgan, who is a little bit of a local celebrity in his own right, I mean, he was um, a writer and researcher on the show QI, and he's written. Yeah. Um, three uh, comic uh, novels the last of which he's promoting at the moment Corrings which is absolutely hilarious if you want a laugh you've got to get that book okay um he's promoting it but he and is a he was one of my 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 main script writers and he's our he was our lead character in the film and he's hilarious it's worth watching it just for him Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so excited. <laughs> I really am excited. Uh, so for for the locals that uh, who obviously weren't part of the film, but for locals, they're going to be able to recognise, oh, yeah, yeah, that's there, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, they should do. We, we had Super. a huge amount of support from Buckinghamshire Council, oh. uh, gave us access to venues to film in. A lovely, lovely chap called Chris Miller from the Sosh Club in High Wycombe. If you haven't been you've got to go it's just an amazing place i don't want to give too much away but the decor in there is just to die for okay oh it's just an amazing place um and i'd like to thank you know big big thank you goes to zip e-scooters they, they kind of sponsored us you know we wouldn't have been able to do what, what we did if they hadn't have loaned us three yeah e-scooters for a couple of days to take around town. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I've seen, so I've been on and I've had a look. So, yeah, those scooters are obviously a main part of the film. Yes. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've had to have a look because I've got my tickets. But, um, yeah, so so well worth um, booking on, booking your ticket, Wickham Arts Centre. Yeah, wickhamartscentre.com forward slash scooch. Um, it'd be lovely to see as many people there as possible. Lovely. And that is Friday the 26th yeah. of November. So book it in now. Something to look forward to. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for coming in. We've, we've almost run out of time. Um, I do want to um, make sure we get a chance to listen to your second favourite song, um, Can't Stop the Feeling, Justin Timberlake. Tell us why you like that song. 
Oh, it's, it's is that just, just you? Is it just yeah, you? I get high, that. That's... All my songs, and they're very <laughs> high energy. I'm a very high energy person, and I love nothing better than bopping around to to a song, you know, in my living room. And I love the real feel good songs. And this to me is just a feel good song, and I will be bouncing up and down in my seat when it goes on. That's brilliant. Well, I'm looking really, I'm really looking forward to it. So if you'd like to listen again to anything that we've chatted about today, as usual, we've run out of time. We've been chatting about, um, my gosh, how does Melanie juggle all of these things? <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just do a film, <laughs> just produce a film. Um, you know, the, the book that you share, tell us again what the name of the book is. Um, it's The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything. And I would recommend it's a really good read for adults. It's not just about kids it's yeah. got some very good stories about how people found their passion and yeah. turned it into multi-million pound yeah. businesses you know it's a very good book for and it book. is I mean they say that don't they if you can find something that you love and find your passion and then you know you're obviously going to be a lot more committed and you know and everything else brilliant okay um coming up uh later today uh at one o'clock we've got andrea mcleod um tune into her show on the job um she has got a very special show today she's looking back at the first 10 business people that she's interviewed for on the job um with a short snippet from each interview and i mean Andrea goes out, she talks to local people, local businesses um, in the local community, and it's fascinating, um, the people that she's chatted to. So really well worth a listen. Next week, um, coming up on the show, we have got the lovely, we've got the lovely Nina Bailey from Wokingham Rocks, and she's going to be chatting to us about, am I allowed to say, Christmas. <laughs> so Nina was in probably about a month ago. We had a little bit of a chat about um, pumpkin trails and Halloween and everything that you could do in the October half term. And Nina mentioned that, believe it or not, there were things that were getting booked up for Christmas. So she's back again. Um, so you don't have to miss out. So tune, tune in to, um, to next week's show. Uh, listen again, River.radio or on podcast, search for River Radio School of Parenting. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Melanie. I know you're really busy. Really appreciate you coming in and chatting with us. Really best wishes with the show. Thank you. Really, Thank you. really exciting and wonderful to hear that that came out of, um, you know, the whole pandemic situation. So join me next week on School of Parenting, the school you want to come back to, because family life doesn't come with a manual. And let's finish off with um, Melanie's favourite song, Can't Stop the Feeling, Justin Timberlake. Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley, Henley. Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. All from my city. All from my home. We're flying up no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. Feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it. Moving so phenomenally. You more like the way we rock it. So don't stop. It's under the lights when everything goes. Nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close. When we move, well, you already know. So just imagine. Just imagine. Just imagine. Just imagine. Just imagine.
something magical It's in the air, it's in my blood, it's rushing on I don't need no reason, don't be control I fly so high, no ceiling when I'm in my zone Cause I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it Moving so phenomenally Come on, rock the way we rock it So don't stop of the Thames Valley.